Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Friday, October the 26th, 2012. This is episode number 124 of Purple Mafia. I am your host, Joey Wygen, or Paladino Joey. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to this show, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. It is a great pleasure to be a part of your week once again to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. And as always, I thank Dylan Richardson, executive producer of thesportstuff.com, for making this all possible. Of course, he has been a member of this show a couple times. Probably will be again very soon. That's a little nudge to you out there, Dylan Richardson. (laughs) When it's time to talk Minnesota Vikings and Chicago Bears, hopefully... (laughs) Let's just say the Minnesota Vikings are going to need a little bit of success when the Vikings and Bears do meet up, and the Packers. They're going to need it. They are absolutely going to need it because... Thursday night, folks. Thursday night was a game that all of us saw as a victory. Everybody saw this one as a win. Six and two. Oh, you know, we're six and two, baby. You know, people on Twitter. I remember I was actually on Twitter earlier in the morning because it was raining out. Couldn't go out and do some of my <laughs> lawn work that I was supposed to do. You know, my second job doing lawn work, not in my yard, other people's yards. And, um, well. People were saying, well, we're 6-2 and two going, you know, and we're going to head to Seattle with a 6-2 and two record. I'm like, yeah, uh, it'll be nice to be 6-2. and two. It would be nice to be 6-2 and two and move on to uh, bigger and better things, hopefully. Then the real schedule starts two games later. we got Seattle-Detroit coming up here. But the 6-2 and two Vikings, yeah, hey, you know, halfway point. Hey, man, we do it again. We're 12-4, and four, but... Yeah, it would take it'd be a little, a little bit tougher to be twelve to be six and two in the next stretch of games here. But <laughs> no, the Minnesota, uh, as the title of this episode is, and I've had multiple suggestions on what it should be. But I stuck with this all night. I was thinking about this the whole time when I was watching the game. I actually watched it on my Android phone, being a Verizon wireless customer. Yeah, Verizon, come on now, get let's get that sponsorship started. Come on, I've been a customer of yours for like 13 years, thank you very much, since you were AirTouch, but uh, because, you know, I was at, I was actually at work, being a Thursday night, but I had to, but I had full access to the game, so don't worry, I'm not pretending I watched the game, I watched the whole damn thing, unfortunately. (laughs) You know, during the, during watching this travesty, I came up with the title, Nope. Are the Vikings 6-2? Nope. Should the Vikings be taken seriously as a contender? Nope. No. I mean, <laughs> you don't get absolutely pounded by a team. You're, you know, 
Tampa Bay clearly is improving, and we know it. Tampa Bay is improving, and we're going to be hearing uh, a lot about that all week. I heard it on the Paul Allen show. Yeah, they're improving, and I know that's not an excuse. And believe it or not, Paul Allen, yeah, we'll talk about uh, Justin Day uh, talks about Paul Allen a little bit, and me and him do. We're a little bit irritated with his uh, spin at times, especially Christian Ponder in the O-line. But no, give Paul Allen credit today. He was a little bit more critical of both, especially Ponder, without being overly critical, but critical enough. Hmm. Um, but no, Tampa Bay is an improving football team. Josh Freeman can freaking play. There's no doubt about it. Doug Martin, it was a very good draft pick. I still remember him in the draft. I was kind of, I was like, oh, that's a guy the Vikings won't take because he got Ponder and Gerhardt, or excuse me, Peterson and Gerhardt, so they're not going to take Doug Martin, but Tampa Bay did, and it looks like a good draft pick. Okay numbers coming into this week, but last night he looked like eh, better than Adrian, basically. Pretty ridiculous. (sighs) Yeah, it's going to be kind of more of an emotion show than a uh, structured notes and all that type of deal, but that's okay. That's kind of what Purple Mafia always is anyway, isn't it? It's more of a notes type of show. I'm honestly more sharp, we'll say, when it's just kind of going with the flow, going with the emotion, the flow of emotion, the ebb and flow of emotion during the game and such. But no, it's all about nope. It, it is nope. Is this a playoff team as of right now? Nope. How could they be a playoff team? You just lost the one game. You know, this is a game that everybody pretty much had green on their calendar because, you know, red's a loss and green is, is a win, like Yahoo Sports and other schedule maker schedules, you know, on the internet when you look at the past schedule wins and losses. This was already marked green by just about everybody. And it wasn't green. And it was a home game. And going to Seattle, the Vikings' success rate, not so great. Chester Taylor is a pretty good player. Or Chester Taylor played pretty well last time we went there in uh, 2006. He played pretty well against them. But, uh, no. (laughs) I don't know if that... uh, But (laughs) it's just unbelievable... Uh, Seattle took out Green Bay earlier this year. We all—that's always a, a uh, what you call? It's <laughs> always a matter of opinion of if Seattle really won that game. But it's—it's uh, it's a joke. Seattle did not win that game. We know that. But at the same time, they did hold Green Bay pretty, pretty uh, much in check the whole game. So yeah, we're going to talk about Seattle later. It's pretty good defense. Yeah, the last time the Vikings did play Seattle was a 35-9 victory in 2009. Just wanted to verify that just now. I apologize. But yeah, Vikings defeated Seattle in 2006 in Seattle, which I used to say that Vikings never beat the Seahawks in Seattle. No, they have. Just not very frequently. Mm. Yeah, we seem to always beat them here. But unfortunately, yeah, it's going to Seattle. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself here. We uh, do have two call-ins today. And uh, there's some new blood. Malcolm. From Oakview, California. Hey, man, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard another Californian, a part of the Minnesota Vikings and Purple Mafia. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're going to get to that one first because, you know, we're doing in the order received and Brent Jacobson returning. So no Anthony from L.A., no Sebastian. It's been a while, actually, since those two have not called in. But uh, I'm sure they'll call in again. And I, hey, you know, shout out to you guys. Missed ya. Thank you for calling in so many times, and you're welcome to call in any time. Never think you're not. Ever. Never think you're not welcome. Maybe you're just too pissed off, but we will be hearing a lot from Anthony from L.A. today, who obviously also is another California guy. 
but let's get to Malcolm before I start really getting deeper into the game review and interactions on the Facebook page and Twitter account and all that stuff. But uh, let's get to that call-in first. By the way, 209-736-7877 is the call-in number that Malcolm from Oakview called from. And here he is now. Hey, Joey. This is Malcolm Maxine from Oakview, California. I just had to call and say that uh, I'm not really happy with the way the Vikings started the game. Just like they ended the game with the Cardinals, they were just getting quick three and outs inside their own 20 and passing the ball right off the bat when we're not a passing team or a running team with one of the best in the business. So we punted the ball and put our defense in a real bad spot early. And um, the first few times, I think we had three and outs. And then once we started handing Adrian the ball, he was getting 10 yards and then got another 10 yards. And then, well, it was kind of too late after that. The Buccaneers were already up. But I think from here on out, Bill Musgrave needs to realize we need to run the ball more and start with that and end with that. That's basically my biggest point of this game. And um, I'll be calling in more. Thanks, Joey. Bye. And hey, thanks again for that call, Malcolm, and welcome to Purple Mafia. Welcome to the Purple Mafia family. Terrific. Great to have you on board. Yeah, keep calling. Good stuff. Yeah, we're going to be hearing this as uh, the theme today. It's a lot about a lot about Christian Ponder and uh, three and out, three and out, three and out. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that was a very poor indication of how, where the Viking game was headed. I mean, it's just, uh, or it was a yeah, very bad sign of where the Viking game was headed. It was a very strong indication <laughs> of where I was headed. Uh, it's just like we didn't even, we barely even moved. It was a bunch of incomplete passes, and that was about it. Like you said, uh, Malcolm didn't really give the ball to Adrian until we were down. And then, of course, Adrian Peterson finally breaks a couple loose, and he fumbles the football. Uh, it's unbelievable. What kind of game was this? It, it was just one of those games where everybody's got their hopes up. Vikings are going to win this, and off we go, off and running. But no, this this upstart team with like the Redskins in 2007. Sorry, Sebastian Balls. Not I'm not compare, comparing this team to the 2007 Vikings. I'm comparing the circumstances to 2007 in general, when the team was doing well and everything was great, and in comes this upstart team and <laughs> rolls over us like a <laughs> like an asphalt, you know, smasher or whatever, smoother. There we go, like a smoother. Just unbelievable. Like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, Tampa Bay absolutely did that with a 36-17, to 17, you know, demolition. We could, call, we could call the show that, too, but we're not going to. It's just going to be, nope. Yeah, Musgrave absolutely has uh, been, uh, he's been a lightning rod figure for this team all season. He was definitely a lightning rod last year as well. But, you know, it just seems like, well, I mean, the offensive coordinator is always going to be the least popular guy and the starting quarterback. It's just one of those classic things. Uh, a lot of people like Joe Webb. I don't know. Webb can play a little bit, but, yeah, we're not, I'm not even going to think about Joe Webb right now. We're pretty much stuck with Ponder for the time being. Webb, to me, Webb doesn't really impress me as a quarterback anyway. He impresses me more of, as an athlete than a quarterback. 
<sighs> yeah, Adrian Peterson was very impressive, but those doggone, that doggone fumble, what the hell. I mean, this this game in general, and I'm going to get to it sooner as I get, I get deeper into the game review, but I'm going to say this briefly. It's like, what did I talk about going into the show last week? You know, I was dead on with the Arizona one. Dead on. This one? It's just... It's like you say, like I, I believe I said on the Facebook page, my goodness, it's really tough to predict. It's so The NFL is so day-to-day, it's unbelievable. They had one of the weakest pass rushes, at least on paper. I mean, only eight sacks coming into the season did Tampa Bay, and they were basically on ponder the entire game constantly. Is it the O-line's fault? Oh, I'm sure it's part of it. <laughs> A bad snap as well helped that out. Um, it's just an absolute joke. Uh, the run defense was like, was it third or fourth in the league, was Tampa Bay's? Or was it fifth? Something like that. It was very strong, though, if I remember right. Fifth, I think, something like that. I can't remember exactly. doesn't matter anymore. But Adrian looked pretty good against them, honestly. I mean, there were a couple of two yards in cloud of dust type plays, but looked overall looked very good. But unfortunately, the doggone fumble got in the way. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> We, yeah, we were not using our strengths, basically, is what Malcolm said there. And I, I agree. I agree, Malcolm. Very, very good call. You're always welcome aboard. Thank you very, very much. So now we move on to Brad Jacobson. Yes, this message is for Joey and Purple Mafia. One question after tonight's game, yesterday's game. So one person is dead. I mean, will the real Christian ponder please stand up? Will the real Christian ponder please stand up and show up? If if you look great the first four weeks, Last few weeks, not so much. I hate to say this. I hate to start this truck down the road, but at this rate, with his inconsistency, if we're sitting on the board at 17, 18, 19, and Matt Barkley, Geno Smith were there, I think a long, hard look. Um, lastly, I'm say defense looked good at times, except for when the offense had them up against it. I just, I love this team, but it's just getting one more time where they start to get over there, starting to get on the roll, and then they reach in, rip my heart out with a stinker of performance. Uh, Really hope the real Christian Ponder shows up. The real good Christian Ponder shows up is November 4th at CenturyLink Field and we somehow march in there and steal it. Beyond that, well, I'm out of here. We'll catch you later next week, Joey. Bye. And I thank you for that call. Brent Jacobson, welcome back to Purple Mafia. Very cool. After I believe it was a two or three week hiatus for Brent Jacobson. Just one of the great callers. Absolutely awesome callers for the show. Always has cool stuff to say. And he's very entertaining. He is. 
Uh, <laughs> it's a good call, man. I mean, that's not. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I'm not the the biggest Eminem fan, and you know, I'm. Uh, people that know me know I don't like Eminem. But hey, you know what? Perfect, perfect uh, setup there. Per- perfect setup. Will the real Christian Ponder please stand up? Yeah, really. The million dollar question is: Who is the real Christian Ponder? Is he Jekyll or Hyde? Is he Heckle or Jekyll? I mean, I, yeah, Jekyll, that figures how that came back together. But, um, goodness gracious, man. Yeah, four weeks good, four weeks bad. Um, okay, what does he need, a lobotomy or something? Okay, no, that's, he probably already had one. People were calling into Vikings fan line, you know, the whole KFAN thing. After the game, because they always listen to that just to hear fan reaction. I like to know what you out there, the fans, are feeling. I like to get the general feeling from the fan base. Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, and Christian Ponder is not playing well. No, he's not. And uh, <laughs> I agree 199.999%. <laughs> okay, 200%. Uh, and some people are going as far as to say that it has something to do with Miss Steele. Yes, Miss... <laughs> The girl that, uh, is it Samantha Steele, whatever it is, is stealing Christian Ponder's, uh, not only stealing Christian Ponder's heart, but stealing his, his concentration. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where to go with that. Yes, it can be distracting, but there's two ways to go about this. Like, yeah, right, why would that ruin Christian Ponder? Big deal, that's silly and stupid, which Corey Cove was saying, who used to be called Sludge in KFN. But the other take is, how about this? How about this? If it is, then Christian Ponder, you need to get your... <laughs> you're, you're not fit to be a professional athlete if if um, having a girl, having a, like a well-known girlfriend, like like that, that sideline reporter, like Yachty freaking da, by the way, Lottie freaking da, by the way, about that, uh, is going to screw up your career that much. Maybe you shouldn't be a professional athlete then, if that were the case. That's not an indictment on the quote-unquote conspiracy theorists out there that may believe that. Could be a factor. Because you know what? You know what? You know what? Who knows what the hell the factor is? Other than other than probably the number one thing is teams have found tells on Christian Ponder and they're exploiting them. That's how it works in the National Football League and other professional sports, but especially for young quarterbacks in the NFL. When teams find tells on you, that is the true test. Are you a true starting quarterback in the National Football League or not? Now we will soon find out, Brent, and other listeners that are asking the exact same question. Will the real Christian Ponder stand up? Yeah. Will he stand up? Exactly. Is he going to survive the tells that are on him, or is he the next failure at quarterback? Because <laughs> there have been many. And I'm not going to list them because I'll get my head bit off. <laughs> and no, that's not a shot at you, Sebastian. I love you. I, I do. <laughs> but no, I understand how that can annoy people when you compare, yeah, a quarterback to somebody from the past. It's more or less you compare the circumstances because you got to go somewhere. Um, Christian Ponder is his own guy. And unfortunately, though, whatever we're seeing right now is not to my liking. It's pretty, yeah, ever since that Detroit game, it's just like he's just running around and the ball's rolling on the floor. Or, whoops, doggone it, we gained, or he caught the, the runner, whoever it is, Tursley Harvin, whoever caught the ball, and it's like a one-yard gain. I mean, that's, and I'm not comparing him to this guy, but I gotta say it. That's Tavares Jackson syndrome. 
Running around, running around, running around. Oh, we finally found an open guy for a one-yard gain. Yeah! Okay. Come on out, Chris Cluey. Let's go. Let's go. Get the K-ball ready. Yeah. Spectacular. Isn't this just fun? It's fun football. It's fun. It's good times. Oh. <laughs> That's how it started with Detroit, and it's pretty much been that way ever since. Yeah, we beat Detroit. Yeah, we beat Tennessee. No, we did not be watching and ensure the effing... Okay. Sure the heck we didn't beat Tampa Bay. Excuse me for that, by the way, out there. No, we didn't beat Tampa Bay, did we? In fact, it was just... I I mean, you just look at that score. (laughs) The score is absolutely, positively an indication of how bad the game was. The score is dead freaking accurate to how bad the game was. 36-17 spells an absolute blowout, an absolute derailing. And it was what it was. 100%. Uh, Brent says, continues with, he would take Barkley if, if we could, if he were available. Yeah, Matt Barkley, that is. If Christian Bonner continues to play like this, sure. <laughs> hey, you know, you can only tolerate so much bullcrap. Christian Bonner, in a lot of people's minds, was a reach at 12. Yes. Um, can you, can a guy obviously emerge? Oh, of course. Can a guy emerge? You know, 20 and 12, it's kind of like, hey, funny, 2012, there you go. Okay, anyhow, it's not that much of a difference. I mean, you're still a first-round pick. You're still expecting the guy to be a starter. I mean, you take a quarterback in the first round of the draft, He prob- you probably are taking him to be a starting quarterback, right? So either way, we want a starting quarterback here. Christian Ponder has the tools to be a starting quarterback. He is extremely intelligent, but the results are... The name of the game. The name of the game, ladies and gentlemen, are results. And the results don't look good right now. They did the first four weeks, but now the second four weeks, second of four, those are the, sec- the second quarter of the season, not looking good. Now it's the halftime show. Will Christian Ponder come out of the halftime tunnel or come out of the locker room ready to roll as the second half begins? <laughs> yeah. In the words of, well, many people out there, he better. And Brent touches on something that's absolutely something I touched on as well. Again, not a comparison to previous teams. It is just a identical circumstance out there for those of you that may not like comparisons. The team always seems to rip your heart out when you get your hopes up with a letdown performance. Absolutely, man. How many times has it happened? Hundreds. I mean... I remember Tampa Bay came in the Dome many years ago. Vikings were looking really good, ready to rock and roll, and Tampa Bay just just bleeped up our season. With, with I, It was a long time ago. I don't know if it was... It was back in the 90s. It was 04, or excuse me, 94, 95. Again, not comparing the team, just comparing... Just uh, showing similar situations, similar circumstances that seem to plague this team, and, and, and others out there, but... From my point of view, it seems to plague this team more than more than any other team out there. Yeah, hoping for a win in Seattle. Well, we all are. <laughs> and you know what kind of sucks about all this? You know what really sucks? In a, in a lot of ways, this almost like negates the San Francisco win. Almost. I don't want to piss a ton of people off and say that, oh, the San Francisco win doesn't mean anything anymore. It still means something, but it, this mm, kind of takes away from it. Like It's like a kind of a payback. Like, we were not supposed to defeat San Francisco, and we kicked their butts unbelievably. I mean, other people saw that as like it was a payback for losing to Indianapolis. But maybe this actually is the ultimate payback 
having Tampa Bay come in and stomp the living crap out of us in our house. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you again for the call-ins, guys. Very terrific. Lots to uh, feed off of there. Thank you again. On to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. There's also twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Or, yeah, but you might as well just call it at Purple Mafia Show for that one. Please do go to the, the Facebook page and click like. That's all you got to do. It will absolutely be appreciated. We've got comments from... And now again, like I was not uh, available because... Yeah, I mean, I was at work watching the game. I was watching the game from work. But uh, being it was on my phone, you know, and by the way, crystal clear, I could see everything I needed to. Crystal, beautiful, beautiful view. Um, actually, helped me. Actually, it made me focus probably better on the phone than on the TV because you're less distracted. The TV, the phone, you are really looking closely. But um, so yeah, I was not on Facebook or Twitter until like halfway through the fourth quarter when I was at home and ready to go. Obviously, listened to it very intently on the way home. A, a short trip home, so not a huge problem there. Not much to miss at that point either, other than the really nice pass by Freeman. I pretty much set up the dagger play, making it, you know, later on a touchdown. But um, So that's where there's less activity this week on Facebook and Twitter. Again, do apologize, but thank you all for the comments. Anthony Batista was all over Twitter, but he also did post this on Facebook. He says, what's up with Dion doing top 10 plays in the Metronome? And two were negative plays like Favre's record and Antonio Cromartie's kick return. Get his ass out of here. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't disagree with that because, honestly, I've never really liked liked Dion. I mean, as a player, he was great. But, in general, he was one of the biggest asses the NFL has ever known. You know, that's pretty much how I feel about Dion Sanders. Yeah, he became a born-again Christian, and I love that. So, I love that. But... Before he was, he was he was a jackass out there with with uh, the the Falcons especially, but the Cowboys, gosh, and of course the um, the Forty Niners. I love, I just, I mean, I like them there just because I re- I like the Forty Niners a little, you know, especially back then. That was a nice team. Of course, picked. I mean, I always cheer for the Vikings over the Niners, but they were kind of like what the Patriots are to me now. Just a classy, awesome football team. That was a lot easier to cheer for than the Dallas Cowboys or Pittsburgh Steelers type teams. Or Giants or stupid Redskins. You know, we lost to the Redskins and Bucks this year. That's Those are the two teams that always seem to derail the Vikings when, when they're having a good season, aren't they? And yeah, it showed up again. Washington and Tampa Bay. Isn't that just amazing how those two annoying-ass teams always seem to pop up? I don't think that's a coincidence, folks. I really don't. Mark Carlson saying skull to all my Purple Mafia friends tonight from Mark in Iowa. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you for that, Mark Carlson. Yep, he's, he's busy uh, He's busy working this week, so he wasn't as active. So I uh, totally respect that. You know, like a, kind of like a work trip, you could say. So totally respect that. And great, great posts always from Mark Carlson. Always nice, clicking likes and all that stuff. Very cool. Sebastian Ball's saying, There we go, Ponder. As soon as I get home from work, we do something useful. Good thing I was working. Things would have been broken if I saw the beginning. Yeah, because he was pissed off. And I don't blame you. I won't blame you, Sebastian, who is uh, definitely a lot less active this week. It's like he kind of took a break. Maybe, I'm sure he's tired and busy and all that stuff. You know, and it's, it's a weird schedule having games on Thursdays. It's like, 
every yeah, it seems like everybody's kind of Viking schedule is thrown off this week, big time. It was really messed up. Really, 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 really messed up. <laughs> so we're going to conclude the Facebook right now with Dan Taylor, and then we'll move on to Twitter. Lots of talk from Anthony Romelli and others, especially Anthony. Uh, Dan Taylor says, How many times have I woken up to a primetime blowout for the Vikings? <laughs> I am very rarely. I mean, I'm very r- rarely uh, a blame-the-quarterback type, but Ponder is getting worse rapidly. And the defense is getting run all over because they are always on the field. This needs fixing right now. That is just, uh, see? The guy is so dead on, it's not even funny. (laughs) Dan Taylor, you just, you know. You know, Dan, you should write. Yeah, you should write. You're really good at this stuff. Really, I'm, I'm serious. You should be a writer. For, you know, even if it's just blogs, like little mini blogs, tweet, Twitter, stuff like that. You could, yeah, I'm. this is good. Very accurate, very, I mean, and obviously some stuff is opinionated, but it's opinion, but it's just well done, Dan. That's really cool. Uh, and he is absolutely getting worse. It's, uh, Ponder, that is. He is just, uh, he's, he's, he's an absolute mess. And yeah, that that's the common Common thread this week. I'm, I don't know why I'm losing that word. But yeah, common thread this week. It has just been... It's all about Ponder. The stock is dropping. The stock is dropping. He, he can't sell now, right? Oh, no. <laughs> well, and obviously we're not going to. But uh, yeah, the stock is absolutely dropping. Christian Ponder right now. And it's... Uh, I gotta start... I, I mean, I gotta think. It's absolutely tells. There are tells in this league. You flush Ponder out of the pocket. His numbers go down about 900%. <laughs> I mean, he absolutely stinks when he comes gets flushed out of the pocket. NFL teams are, have realized that, I'm sure. It's just like you in the NBA years ago with Randy Foy. I'm sure it's still the problem right now, but I mean, that's probably why Randy Foy never became a good NBA player. Of course, former 6th overall pick, excuse me, 7th overall pick by the Portland Trailblazers traded to the Timberwolves for Brandon Roy. And uh, within a year, there was a tell on Randy Foy get him to go left. He's virtually useless at that point if you get him to go left. That's a pretty big side of the basketball court. I mean, it's like half of your game if you're a freaking point guard, Randy Foy. You need to fix that. If there's a tell that all you need to do is make a guy go left and he's virtually useless, you're screwed. <laughs> Unless you make major adjustments to your game, Randy Foy. Christian Ponder. There's a tell on Christian Ponder. Flush him out of the pocket and he's virtually useless. So, it's time to change that, Christian. <laughs> And the offensive line needs to do a better job so he's not flushed out of the pocket because it seems like that's the biggest problem with him right now. I don't think there's any doubt, actually. (laughs) Yeah, it needs fixing all right, Dan. Oh, yes. We need a wide receiver. We need uh, probably another, probably another, uh, I would say uh, another guard, maybe. Yeah, right uh, right. Guard, yes, right guard, not left guard. Left guard is uh, Johnson. I think he's doing all right. Charles Johnson, I would say a right guard. I, I, I think that position is a little eh. The center's okay. The the right tackle is okay for the time being. The left tackle, well, <laughs> if he is a bust, ouch. He's good and he's not good all the time, but it's his rookie year, so that's of course Matt Khalil. So we'll go from there. Remember, do go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, and click like, and feel free to comment. 
as much as you can. Um, there's a few. There's one other section. Mark Carlson has something to say. There it is. This was. Uh, I was saying. I can just feel how absolutely pissed off everyone is, and I'm a hundred percent with you. So. <laughs> So many letdown, potential season derailing type of games like this whenever hope starts to creep into our purple hearts. And yes, we're wounded veteran fans. Not wounded veterans, but wounded veteran fans. So there's multiple reasons to call us purple hearts. Not only because it's Vikings and they're purple, but we're wounded. Yeah. Mark Carlson, who I'm sure, or not I'm sure, I know is a purple heart when it comes to the Vikings. <laughs> he says, it's not easy being a Viking fan. I know... I know what our team is capable of. Just don't understand why we can't produce. Why do we throw the ball on first down? Let's go grind it out on the ground. Peterson, Harvin, Gerhardt, Ponder could hand the ball off without without a fumble. It would be nice, wouldn't it? I hope. <laughs> I hope, he says. However, none of that really matters. Not even if we're three and out if our defense can't hold on and make some play, some truly punishing plays to upset the opposing team's offense. Yeah, I mean, some weeks they did. Yesterday they sure the heck didn't. I mean, you know, the, yeah, they sure the heck didn't. They, they didn't look good against Washington either. Uh, Arizona's offense is so inferior that the Vikings' defense looked better than maybe it was. And in a lot of ways... This Viking team, yeah, they're not as good as the San Francisco game, and I'm, I'm sure as heck they're not as bad as last night. So in the end, it kind of adds up to like 8 and 8, 9 and 7, doesn't it, Mark and, and others? Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Kind of. <laughs> it's pretty disgusting. Um, yes, there were other parts where I was saying I was apologizing that I wasn't active, and I was saying that I'm going to call the title of the episode, Nope. <laughs> and yeah, that I don't need any suggestions this week. I already came up with a title. Anthony from L.A. says, or non-existent offense. <laughs> I had to love that. That's why I LOL'd there for him. Anthony continues. He says, just pathetic tonight. Ponder is regressing every week. I can't put it on the play on the play calling because our receivers can't get open. They all suck, especially Simpson. Uh-huh. You can't run deep streaks and stay two feet from the sideline. Ponder needs to throw and lead him. So it's like a combination of things there, yeah. Yeah, combination of things. It's unbelievable. It's all just, yeah. I was saying how it's like the Bucks only had eight sacks. I was responding to Anthony, you can look at it on your own, but I was just saying they only had eight they had sacks coming into the game, and yet they look like the steel curtain against us, and it works every time. Anthony continues with, our run D sucks now. No gap control. And there's a pick by Ponder. He was actually saying that was as it was happening. No, we can only get the ball to Harvin behind the line of scrimmage. That should be able to stop by next week in Seattle. I think we will lose that game also. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely sums it up in a nutshell, Anthony. No doubt about it. Doug Martin looked like Terrell Davis, guys. He, he really did. It's unbelievable. Our offense is terrible. Outside of the big run by Adrian Peterson, you know, he broke loose and all that good stuff. We'll get to that later when you look at the numbers and all that, but an absolute travesty. Boy, there is other stuff on here, isn't there? Shoot. Yes, there is. Justin Day. Wow, this is busy. Oh, I remember I said, where is everybody? Did I scare everyone away? Yeah, there was a lot of back and forth in there. Uh, I'm going to let you guys read that, just for the sake of kind of moving on. 
Because that was kind of midweek. I was wondering if I scared people away. <laughs> yeah, I was just curious. Did I scare everyone away? What's going on, man? But overall, no. It, it was just busy because we're waiting up for the Thursday game. Got to like that. Yeah, that's what Justin Day was saying. So Sebastian, Justin, and all them back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, Anthony Batista even jumps in. There's a lot of conversation there, so if you're curious, check it out. I'll just kind of let that go. Oh, I'll read the part where Justin talks about Paul Allen, but other than that, we'll move on. Yep, Justin Day saying he cannot wait to listen to Sid Hartman Jr., a.k.a. Paul Allen, and try to spin the pile of crap tomorrow. Best O-line in the division. Yeah, I hated when B.A. said that. Uh, six and two and seven and three by bye week. We will split with Green Bay and Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Where was it? Green Bay and Chicago. No, Paul, we will not. I am still and always will be a fan of this team, but I am not a homer. I keep it real, and this team is still not that good. Uh-huh. There you go, Justin Day. Ponder has nobody outside of Percy. <laughs> And he has no time. Again, not saying the punter is above criticism, but hard to judge him when the line plays that bad. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yep, it really is. Oh, boy. It really is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give the gold star to two people today. Two people. And I know this is, I'm not trying to cheapen anything. It's just they did. They both were so active and so like all over the place so strong this week I'm going to give it because I I feel like I'd be cheating the other if I didn't give it to both I'm going to give it to Justin Day and Anthony from LA yep Justin Day and Anthony from LA gold stars a tied gold star for both of you I mean uh I know it's lame to do you at a tie, but I, I think I've done it before, and I'm not trying to be lame. You guys were, you know, I, I didn't want to cheat either. I, I didn't want to cheat cheat one of you two out of it, so you both get the gold star. Congratulations on just fantastic stuff. Dan Taylor's take is so good, too. I mean, it's like he could, yeah, I mean, it's just, that was awesome. But um, can't give it to the same people back-to-back weeks unless just, has, you know, absolutely no no doubt about it. <laughs> good good thoughts though, Justin Day, all week. And Anthony Ramelli, we're going to continue with uh, yeah, with uh, Twitter. So <clears throat> that's another reason why he got a gold star. Also want to welcome Jules Posterno. Posterino, excuse me, I keep saying his name wrong. Jules Posterino from Australia. He is a listener of Timberwolves Explosion, which is obviously a show that's doing really well right now. And I cover that team. I'm the host of Timberwolves Explosion with Marcus, the forecaster, Jules Posterino. Sliding over to Purple Mafia, joining this, joining the family over here. Hopefully he likes the Vikings as well. Maybe he will, maybe not. <laughs> it's up to him, you know, it's always up to whoever. I'm sure he will, though. So welcome aboard, Jules. So just had to get that out there. So on to Twitter we go. That's right, on to Twitter we go. Another Australian, Jeff, on Twitter says he will listen tonight. He's an Australian who only just got into the NFL, so we'll see how it goes. Hopefully he enjoys it. He says he's downloading now. He said he was downloading now. This is a few days ago. So he was listening to the last week's episode. Matt Emer out of the UK says, I really like Connor, so I want him to succeed. But I'm an impatient man. How could I disagree with that? You know, I mean, I'm impatient too. It's It's been very, very frustrating. 
very, very frustrating. Um, Emer responding to an old conversation the previous week, but yeah, this was only just yesterday that he made that comment, so he got it like that, or two days ago, Carla and I were talking about, <laughs> back and forth about how it actually snowed a little bit yesterday, that was pretty crazy, it sure was, Dallas Deitzenbach, hopefully I'm saying your name right, that's, that sounds very German, <laughs> nothing wrong with that of course. A friend of Miss Carla's and mine, apparently, on Twitter says, Perfect weather for purple fleece pants tonight. And yes, it was nice and cool outside. Oh, there was a funny bit with Henry Lake saying, <laughs> Henry Lake of KFAN says, uh, somebody, it's a quote from Sonia Carlson, saying, if you can't teach me, don't criticize me. I was just kind of like, eh, sounds about right. And Justin in Rochester says, so does that mean we can't criticize sports teams since we can't teach them? <laughs> I'm not seeing Henry Lake's response. What the heck? Did he delete it? Son of a gun. Oh, there it is. I was like, ouch, you got me on that one. Henry Lake responds with, no, that doesn't mean that. Quote is in reference to other areas in life. Yes, sir. <laughs> Henry Lake is, yeah, I, I love it. He, uh, Justin Rochester says, it was somewhat tongue-in-cheek, brother Lake. And Lake responds again saying, I was just messing. Oh, that's funny. That's cool. Nice interaction from Henry Lake there. Henry Lake, yeah, he's probably one of my, yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite guys in KFVM. Uh, we had a couple of people, like, doing those little, I don't know what they call those, really, kind of shout out to everybody, put like a trillion Twitter handles in one tweet. Uh, the Purple Brit, UK Viking fan, I don't know if he's clicked follow yet, or if he's following me on Twitter, but the, uh, another new one is but uh, Britt says, tough schedule after the bye week, but remember we were written off against San Fran and Detroit and still won. Yeah? Got it like that. Um, Aaron, yeah, that's who it was. The, the other person did follow me saying, uh, brutal schedule after the bye week. Glad most of them are away so I can cry in solitude at home. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, Aaron, if you are a new listener. Not sure if you are or not yet, but hopefully soon Aaron catches on Justin and Rochester continues yeah there was a lot of Justin and and Anthony all over the show this week so they absolutely both deserve a gold star the way they were they had a lot to say in general uh, there was talks about Dante Culpepper for a little while there I'm just going to kind of let that well he's, I'll just leave I'll just read what Rochester or Justin says here he says love him or hate him he was the second best quarterback in franchise history behind Fran and that's kind of weird isn't it when you think about it it's um uh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. That's a very strong, interesting thing to say. Um, you know, because you had Tommy Kramer, and the funny part is nobody else really stuck around that long, did they? I mean, Wade Wilson didn't stay around that long, and he was kind of, yeah, he was he was highly criticized. Not many people really liked him. Rich Gannon wasn't here very long. Warren Moon was here only a couple of years because he was ancient. Brad Johnson was supposed to be here for a long time. And he wasn't, because of circumstances. Cunningham was was only here for like a couple of years. Favre was only here for a couple of years. Uh, you know, Culpepper was here probably the second longest, pretty much, other than Tommy Kramer, which is kind of crazy, isn't it? And, and the numbers Culpepper put up when he was on was just utterly ridiculous. So, yeah, we're kind of going down memory lane there. <laughs> but I still think he is a far, far cry from Francis Fran Tarkenton. 
and all that. I said, you know, I mean, Frank Tarkin was like a was like a was like a early day farm. He was just a legend. He really was. Anthony Batista, Anthony from LA, saying, pretty disgusting offense tonight. Probably the worst this year. We are very limited offensively. Oh, and our run D sucks. <laughs> Anthony continues with Quiet Stadium. Also, seems like a home game for the Bucks. And yeah, because the Bucks don't really sell out, do they? So <laughs> there's a number of reasons why you could say that. Absolute joke by the Minnesota Vikings yesterday in so many ways. So Anthony, Justin Day, great contributions this week. Thank you again very much. And both of you, don't be afraid to call in. Obviously, Anthony's been one of the legendary callers. And Justin Rochester, don't be afraid to call in sometime. That would be kind of cool. Actually, it, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> So, yeah, that concludes the Twitter account and the Facebook page. Thank you, all of you, for contributing. You are all utterly fantastic. So we kind of slide more into the game review in general. Minus the interactions. Um, Josh Freeman, like I was saying earlier, is utterly fantastic. And what's funny is his quarterback, uh, his completion percentage is only 53%. The Vikings defense stopped him a little bit. I think our pass defense overall was a little bit stronger than our run defense. <sighs> Boy, it's like you look at some of this stuff and you just want to gag. It's funny how Christian Ponder and Josh Freeman are actually eerily similar in terms of accuracy and yardage. It's like insanely similar. They completed, they both completed 19 attempts and Freeman attempted only one more, 36. That is just weird, but the quarterback rating... Very different. 104 for Josh Freeman because he was able to get three touchdown passes in there. Christian Ponder, 74.8. Uberly mediocre. He did get an early touchdown to Chris, to uh, Percy Harvin after uh, Tampa Bay had taken a 13-0 lead. It was a nice, strong drive. It's like, here we go. We're going to be okay now. Vikings are coming back. And I was like, no, they're not. <laughs> Just total bull after that. Ponder did get an interception, but very late in the game. It was like, the game was already like, you know, was very much over at that point. There was no doubt who had won the game already at that point anyway, so it wasn't killing me anymore, though it was very, very frustrating. Three turnovers for the Vikings to the Bucks. Zero. I mean, I thought we were going to get at least one from Josh Truman, but we didn't. It was amazing, though, how the Vikings had such a uh, nice drive. They really had a nice little drive, and then they gave up a big, fat kick return. It's just total bull. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to score again right away. 20-7. to 7. It was just, yep, here we go. Great stop. Or great, uh, what do you call it? Great great drive. Awesome drive that ended up with a Percy Harvin touchdown. Which is like, wow, Percy Harvin in the red zone again. It's like a miracle. And just, uh, uh, you know, unbelievable. Un-freaking believable. Uh, Michael Cohen... Conan, uh, Conan, yes, Conan had a 57, yeah, I mean, he, he averaged 40, about 47 yards punt, a punt return in this game, <laughs> and the kick returning was just, uh, yeah, it was a punt return from Conan, yeah, after the Vikings had a crappy, that's when he had the big return, that ended up being a touchdown right away, that's what it was, I got it mixed up with a kickoff, but, uh, yeah, couple of long kicks that ended up leading to a touchdown, one of them. Another one was an immediate field goal, like just instant horrible, uh, the kick coverage really took a dump yesterday for the Minnesota Vikings. It was an absolute mess in so many ways. 
Blair Walsh made both of his field goals, by the way. A 51-yarder was one of them, so he just continues to be a dominant kicker. One of the best in football. Uh, the other the other key, the other key, Connor Barth. Now, <laughs> special teams destroyed. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers special teams utterly obliterated the Minnesota Vikings yesterday in a million ways. Unbelievable. The only kick return Percy Harvin was, well, that was even returnable in the entire game was a 43-yarder, and it was absolutely awesome. Uh, if I remember right, the Vikings got nothing out of it. Just another worthless three and out, so it's like, gee, thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> Classic Vikings uh, offense yesterday. But yeah, he was only able to attempt one kick return because the son of a gun... <laughs> Barth, every single kickoff was like over Harvin's head and into like the stand. It was like a home run for Pete's sake. It was like a home run. There was the, every single kickoff was out of the end zone in the out of the back of the end zone. It was this guy's had like the strongest leg I've ever seen. Pretty much, Percy Harvin couldn't even be a factor because of that. There's nothing you can do about it. So there are so many reasons the Vikings lost that, this game. I mean, Josh Freeman was unbelievable. The receivers were catching the ball with Tampa Bay, unlike ours. Jerome Simpson, yeah, you know, he's he's okay. He's a, he, you know, Jerome Simpson is okay. He's he's an option. He's not a great receiver. He's just an option. Jenkins actually had a fairly big game, but Harvin was dominant again in so many ways. Kyle Rudolph couldn't seem to get open. And, uh... It just continues to miff me, though. Uh, John Carlson, yeah. Sure, he makes a good block or two here and there, but other than that, wasn't he supposed to be like more of a factor for this team? Where is he? Seriously, what the hell? We don't even see him ever. The mystery of the universe right there is John Carlson. Jarius Wright might be a myth. I'm not sure he even exists. I mean, honestly, does Jarius Wright exist? I don't know. I really don't know. I think Sasquatch might be more likely to be a, uh, a true urban legend versus uh, Jarius Wright. I, I, I'm a little bit miffed. <laughs> By the way, there is uh, there were ideas brought up on KFN about possible receivers if I should go after, like Dwayne Bowe. Steve Smith was one of them, and Sidney Rice. Everybody shot down the Sidney Rice idea, like, don't even waste your time. He's just an injury-prone pile of crap. He'll never be anything in this league. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dwayne Bowe might be too expensive. Not really worth the, the headache. Try to spend him like a trillion bucks on the guy. Not only draft picks to try to get him, but then you got to spend a ton of money on him, and he's kind of a, I don't know, kind of a complainer. But then there's Steve Smith at age 33, it was kind of a, you know, a much, <laughs> kind of like what Jarius Wright wishes he was, where he's he's short like Percy Harvin, but he's not a slot receiver. He's an actual receiver receiver. Harvin's more of an elite slot receiver, like the best in football. But then you got a guy like uh, Steve Smith at age 30, but 33 is the key right there, um, who could be a number one right receiver for this football team for a couple of years if you don't have to give up too much to get him. So that's a possibility brought up by the the, the uh, duo of Paul and Paul, Paul Allen, Paul Charchin. Who knows? Interesting thought, though. Just thought I'd throw that out there since they did. You know, I, I don't mean to coattail what they say. It's just might as well bring it up since it's an interesting idea. 
yeah, wide receivers. Oh, that was the other thing. That was the other thing. Yeah, Jarius Wright and Devin Aroma Shadu. What the hell? Why are why is Devin Aroma Shadu not a factor in this offense? I think he's a good football player. And they're not. Not only they're not throwing the ball to him and he wasn't really he was basically not even on the field yesterday. Is there some type of like rift between him and Leslie Frazier? Who knows? I don't know what the heck to think there. Uh, Adrian was obviously pretty good. Uh, Jerome Simpson fumbled after making a catch. He let go of the ball and Tampa Bay recovered it. And Adrian Peterson let go of the ball and Tampa Bay recovered it. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? That was impressive, wasn't it? (laughs) No. So, yeah, those turnovers obviously killed us as well. In both cases, the Vikings were driving and they turned the ball over. And Tampa Bay capitalized on all of them. One of them was a field goal. One was a touchdown. Ten points off turnovers. Uh, the pound over interception was pretty much when the game was like, eh, at that point, just running the clock out. But, um, yeah, turnovers did give up ten points. It, wouldn't, it wasn't the ultimate difference in the game, but it sure the heck derailed things when, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you could argue that it was a lot more than a ten-point deal because maybe the Vikings would have gotten a field goal or a touchdown. Maybe it was more like a 20-point difference. Then we're talking right there, because then the Vikings would have won 17-16. Ooh, you know, <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just making up a number, but yeah, maybe it would have been something different, like 24-23 or something. Anyhow, it's just one of those type of games where nothing seemed to go right, and I mean nothing. This was an absolute <sighs> devastation. I mean, there was only one time during this football game that I really, truly believed the Vikings were in the game. <laughs> Honestly, and that was when Christian Ponder completed a strong, kick-ass drive to Percy Harvin, a 19-yard touchdown pass. That was beautiful, and that was a strong indication that up oh, Vikings are in the football game. But a mere five minutes later, it was 20 to seven, and it's just like <sighs> that. I believe was actually after one of the fumbles. Yes, and it was. I still remember. Yep, that was the Adrian Peterson one where we're all just, like, staring at the screen, like, you can't, I can't believe this. He broke loose on a nice little gain, and he lost the ball. And it's 20-7. to 20-7. to 7. Unbelievable. Next thing you know, it was 30-10 to 10 halfway through the third quarter, and it's just like, yeah, this game is totally over. The next thing you know, Adrian Peterson, after a uh, time of a field goal by like, making it 30-10, to 10, Explodes for a 64-yard dash and a touchdown. <sighs> but unfortunately, earlier in the game, Martin did the same thing. It just was one of those type of games. The guy just, he he owned the Vikings. He, he really did. Martin broke loose for like a 64-yard gain. Then ended up leading to a touchdown. Oh, no, no, he did get the touchdown. Doug Martin only like... Six minutes before was another 64-yard touchdown. I still remember that's what made it 27-10. It was 20 to 10 at one point, you know, at the end of the half, of course. But then immediately, Doug Martin just runs right through the Vikings defense, and it's 27-10. So it's like, yeah, at the time we were thinking, yeah, it's 20-10. That's a crappy score, but the Vikings are still within striking distance. And a bada bing, bada boom, there goes Doug Martin. It was just that was what kind of game this was, man. That's what kind of game this was. But it was funny how Adrian Peterson, about six minutes later, responded with the exact same type of situation. But it was all for naught. The fourth quarter was just Tampa Bay forced us into three and outs. And 
they got a touchdown along the way as well after a beautiful pass by uh, Josh Freeman to Mike Williams. That's who it was. Mike Williams. That thing. It was a 34-yard gain. An ab. It's just the thing just sailed in the air with the greatest of ease. It was absolutely beautiful. It was actually kind of similar to uh, Percy or excuse me, Christian Ponder's little beauty to Jerome Sampson against Detroit a, a few weeks ago. It was it just he sailed it in the air. Perfect play, him to Jerome uh, Ponder to Simpson. This one was like a better version of it because it was a little bit longer, and the spiral was unbelievably perfect by Josh Freeman. It was beautiful. That was the dagger, as the Green Bay Packers uh, play-by-play host would say. There is your dagger. And there it was. And that was all she wrote, ladies and gentlemen. A couple, a few stats before we wrap up and head to start talking about Seattle. But first, of course, we'll do the... Uh, well, actually, no, there is no... Hey, there is no NFC North Roundup. Uh-oh. Maybe I should have waited to do the show until Sunday, huh? Nah, we're going to put that off for the week. I'll do like a brief roundup as to say who they're playing. We'll just do that, you know? Eh, we'll just do that. <sighs> You know, Tampa Bay, yeah, this is the stat I had to get to before we walked away. Tampa Bay came into the game with only eight sacks on the year and walked out with uh, about thirty with 33% more than they came in with. Three sacks in a football game, one by Michael Bennett, one by Mason Foster, and one by Daniel Taylor-Nason. Um, unbelievable. Three sacks more, so now they have 11 on the year. Great. Minnesota got one sack, and that was it took Jared Allen having a big gash in his nose to do it. Got all pissed off, all worked up, ready to kick somebody's ass, got a sack, and, uh, well, that was the end of the pass rush for the night, for the most part. Maybe a couple of hurries here and there, but one sack. One bleeping sack, folks. One. Yeah, thank you so very much. So, (laughs) we're going to now very, very, very briefly do the NFC North, well, not roundup, but preview, I guess. Detroit hosts the Seattle Seahawks, so we'll get another indication of how Seattle is against the Detroit Lions. That should be semi-interesting. Chicago Bears against the Carolina Panthers. Ouch. Bears will definitely win that one at home. I wouldn't be surprised to see Detroit win against Seattle either. We're just going to have to wait and see how that goes. Green Bay hosts Jacksonville. (sighs) Well, all right then. I guess the whole division is going to gain a game on us this week. Oh, God. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's enough of the NFC North uh, preview. I'm done with it right there. Looks like they're all going to win, pretty much. Detroit might not, maybe not, because Seattle's got a solid, very strong defense, and we're going to talk about that very shortly. In fact, right after the break. Let's go! Skull Vikings, let's go! Skull Vikings, let's go! 
let's win this game. Skull Vikings honor your name. Go get their first down, then get a touchdown. Rock 'em, sock 'em, fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more. V I K I N G S. Skull Vikings, let's go. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 124, which is a reminder for all iPod users. Thank you again, and welcome back to the show. Again, those of you out there that are Android users that are maybe new to this show, I've brought this up on previous, past previous shows here, about five shows. Uh, yep, you have an Android phone, not an iPod. Well, you can listen to this podcast just as easily if you had an iPod or an, or, or an iPhone. All you got to download is the application Double Twist, and there you go. Rock and roll. You can find any podcast you'll be able to find on iTunes via Double Twist. They are basically merged together that way. Look for Purple Mafia on there. In case you say you're listening to it on a computer or somebody else's iPod or whatever. Yeah, you want to listen to it on your Android phone or something like that. There you go. I believe tablets as well. Rock and roll. Galaxies and all that cool stuff. Yes, there are galaxies. There are very good stuff. Yes. Sean Connolly's got his galaxy. Alright, so let's move on. <laughs> um, the last time Seattle played was against San Francisco, and they sucked. They scored six points against the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are a very inconsistent football team. Seattle is a very inconsistent football team. Welcome to the NFC West, the most inconsistent division in football. St. Louis swum weeks. Looks like they're going to beat the uh, a good team. The next week, they just don't look that good, do they? Seattle is a lot like St. Louis. They're very solid defense and a mediocre offense. Minnesota Vikings will have to take on a team like that this week. Uh, they are kind of similar to Arizona, actually, but their defense is better than Arizona's. <laughs> they have an even stingier defense than the Arizona Cardinals, and but uh, only slightly st- more stingy, as they have the third most stingy uh, defense in football. Arizona had the fourth. 15.1 a game allowed by the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, they kept Green Bay to 12, ladies and gentlemen, so there's something to it. Their pass defense, the Seattle Seahawks version of it anyway, is uh, awful good at 8. They are allowing 212 yards in the air this year. Um, yeah, it's... They've, they've got six interceptions on the season through the Sea Chickens. They've um, they've given up only six touchdowns. Wow, that's actually not bad. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Seattle Seahawks have a very strong defense that shuts people down in a big way, honestly. Strong stuff. Very, very strong stuff indeed. So now I switch over to the run defense by the Seattle Seahawks. And that is... Fifth in the league. That's right. Fifth in the league, allowing only 85 yards on the ground and only two touchdowns 
on the ground. Yikes. That's pretty good. Only two touchdowns on the, allowed by the Seattle Seahawks this season. Not bad. You know, there's only a couple teams better than that, and that's the Bears and the Texans. The Bears have only allowed one touchdown, and the Houston Texans have allowed zip on the ground. Yeah, there's a reason why they're good. The Seattle, they're not. Yeah, the Seahawks are actually an okay football team. Uh, the San Francisco game did a whole lot of nothing. San Francisco's got a good defense, so it was one of those uber black and blue games, or red and blue, if you want to say the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, though, is an okay player. Wilson did a whole lot of nothing in the football game, but Marshawn Lynch, I think, is the top threat offensively for the Seattle Seahawks. There, there's no doubt about that. He's got almost 700 yards on the year already, but only two touchdowns, but he's averaging 93.1 yards a game, and the way the Vikings run defense looked against Tampa Bay and has looked earlier, I mean, yeah, also looked against Howling of Arizona and weeks before that as well. They looked awfully bad against Griffin, but then again, a lot of people are looking bad against Griffin, RG3. But I digress, the Vikings' run defense has gotten really bad, and I think Marshawn Lynch is going to do very well against the Vikings, unfortunately. I think they're going to do a lot of running, or the Seattle Seahawks, because Russell Wilson's not that good. Nor is uh, anybody else in Seattle right now. Matt Flynn hasn't really proven himself in any way at this point. Uh, Russell Wilson's only averaging 178 yards a game, 176 yards a game, that is. Quarterback rating under 80 He's only a rookie, also eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. Wouldn't be surprised to see Russell Wilson turn the ball over at least once in this game. He's actually fumbled the ball twice on the year as well. So the possibility does exist for the Vikings to get a turnover or two in the football game. Marshawn Lynch is also, well, yeah, he has fumbled but not lost one during this game. He is kind of an he's kind of average in that category, not really bad, not really good. Uh, Seattle's passing game does not scare me, but I think their running game is, is okay. Honestly, they have some solid, uh, they have, it's pretty much about Marshawn Lynch, and of course Seattle's it's very, very stingy defense. And the fact that they're at home, it's just, I, I don't have a really good feeling going into this game. The way the Vikings win this football game, basically, is they come out mad. <laughs> Honestly, they come out mad and just Play really good. It's gonna. It really hinges on the defense in this game. If the Vikings win the football game, it'll be because of their defense. It's as they say, defense wins the game, right? Well, <laughs> in, the, in the coming ten days from now or so, it will be because of the Vikings' defense. And we're gonna see a little bit of test test ride between Seattle and Detroit this Sunday as well. Uh, Seattle really, over the course of the season, is not really impressing anybody. Um, they're just they 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 are four and three though amazingly so they've won some football games of course they do have Green Bay on their uh, on their uh, their victim list you could say but well they did score twenty seven points against uh, Dallas in week two and twenty four against the New England Patriots well how about that they beat the Patriots isn't that crazy <laughs> makes the Patriots look awful bad huh but uh, Seattle they're they're okay you know four and three record. Very stingy defense. They've done a pretty good job. I mean, New England scored the season high against Seattle. The season, the most Seattle's given up all year is 23 points. Do I think this Vikings offense is going to score 23 points? Uh, yeah, in 10 days from now. The next Sunday, we'll call it. I don't know if I keep just keep calling it Sunday. It's next Sunday. Do I think that's going to happen? 
do you think I know? I don't think so. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any reason to believe that, at all. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, gosh, it's going to be November fourth already, and that's going to be one of those late games. Oh goody, four oh five. Not too confident going into the football game there, but at least it gives the Vikings ten days to prepare for the Seattle team, and you know they're going to be watching the Detroit game this Sunday. It'll be nice, Detroit Seattle. It'll be nice to see uh, the Vikings come in and have an awesome effort against Seattle. It wouldn't completely surprise me, but it would surprise me less if the Vikings had a boring type of game and lost to, like, say, a 16-12 to type of game, like like the Carolina game with Seattle, or like a 19-13 to type of game. It's going to be one of those, I think, unfortunately. Hopefully the Vikings are the ones with 19 or 18 or 14, 14-12 to type of game. Hopefully the Vikings can pull it out, but as of right now, if I'm a betting man and I'm an honest NFL fan, not just a Viking fan, you know, I mean, I have to give you an honest prediction. Just to, just you know, you don't want a homer pick, do you? You really want a homer pick that the Vikings are going to go in and just kick Seattle's butt ten days from now? I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. I have Seattle winning the football game, seventeen to twelve. Seventeen to twelve. Seattle defeats the Minnesota Vikings. In the game, the Vikings only get three or four field goals in the football game. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those. I almost thought to say 17-14, but oh, 17-13. Vikings get a touchdown and two field goals. That just makes more sense. 17-13. Seattle wins against the Vikings. Two touchdowns and a field goal by the Seattle Sea Chickens. Marshawn Lynch gets a touchdown. Maybe their defense gets one or. Russell Martin, who's not that good, <laughs> throws for one against like, but like Sidney Rice, that pretty much would figure for the Vikings to have Sidney Rice uh, score a touchdown on, on them. Wouldn't that be an insult? Yuck. In fact, yeah, this is Sidney Rice's first game against the Vikings since, yeah, yeah. Vikings played Seattle that year in the Metrodome and killed them. It was just one of those snooze fest games where the Vikings like won 35 to 9 or something like that. It was a the utter destruction of a very weak Seattle team at the time. But unfortunately, I think the Seahawks win 17-13 to in the city of coffee, the cappuccino capital, whatever you want to call it, the city of Starbucks. The Starbucks city, there you go. Yes, sir. Makes you want a cup of Starbucks right now, doesn't it? Yeah. There you go. Now all you guys are hungry for a Starbucks coffee, and I'm getting no money for endorsements. Help me out, guys. Help me out. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just. Hey, I would be nice to get some, to get at least one endorsement for this show. It would be nice someday. I think I will. Hopefully for Timberwolves explosion as well. That would be awesome. But again, yeah, that's I guess where I stand right now. I mean, it's kind of a, it's a brief preview. But what is there to say about the Seattle Seahawks? They have a good defense. Their running back is above average, and their quarterback isn't that good. And they're an extremely boring football team that wins football games. Football team, football game, yeah. Well, that wins games. Yeah. They just win games for whatever reason. Because they're above average, I guess, at times, except against Green Bay when they weren't that good. But they, yeah, who cares, I guess. Tough, tough crap to the Packers, right? Well, unfortunately, I have a feeling it's going to go against us as well. Unfortunately. But you know what? Do you think I want the Vikings to lose in Seattle? Hell no. I hope they win 35-0, to, to zero, man. I hope the Vikings just find some type of weakness in Seattle's defense and carve it up like a 
like a roast ham on Christmas, man. I hope so. Carve it up, baby. But, yeah, you know, nobody else has done it yet. <laughs> nobody else has done it yet. Tom Brady is the closest thing to doing it, and they didn't even win the football game. The Patriots didn't even win the game, man. That can't be fun. <laughs> it just can't be fun. Seattle has not gotten their butt kicked in a single game this year. Not one. Not one game. St. Louis won 19-13. to That was actually their worst loss pretty much for the season. 20-16 to loss to Arizona in the first week. And a 13-6 to kind of a snooze fest against the 49ers in San Francisco. So they're not getting crushed by anybody as of right now. So we're just going to have to see where that goes. And yeah, Viking fans, hope for the best here. We This is a must-win game for the Vikings, as sad as it sounds. It's an absolute must-win game for the Vikes. Uh, so I'm, boy, am I rooting for them to win that game. I sure am. So we're going to conclude that. Unfortunately, <laughs> a 5-4 and four record is staring us in the face, uh, in, in my opinion, and in other people's opinions as well. <sighs> Thank you again for listening. Uh, let Don't forget the phone lines on the sportsstuff.com, 209-736-7836. Seven eight seven seven. As I try not to cough. Hopefully the audio didn't get choppy there. I'm trying not to cough here, shaking things up. Um, seven eight seven seven two zero nine seven three six seven eight seven seven. It is a voicemail. Remember to treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into. Name in town, like Malcolm from Oakview, California. Thanks again for joining the show. There. Don't forget to click like on that Facebook page, Malcolm, and others out there. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show, like and or follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts would be, oh, so terrific. Do check out the sportsstuff.com. Check out the podcasts on there, including Tim Rule's Explosion and the crossover show, Without a Curse. Very cool. Without a Curse is, of course, Boston Red Sox by Alex Raymer. The crossover show, Rusty and PMAC cover the New Jersey excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets and New York Knicks awesome podcast, and of course Timberwolves Explosion, hosted by yours truly and Marcus, the forecaster that is a beauty, ladies and gentlemen it's a beauty so do do check it out, and enjoy thesportstuff.com continue to interact with me on those accounts, Facebook and Twitter and the phone line, as mentioned a hundred thousand times Best of luck to the Vikings. Uh, Chris Cook, I didn't even mention this, broke his wrist. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't mention it, but Chris Cook did break his wrist. Unfortunately, he is out for six weeks or more. Josh Robinson's the starter. I think Robinson's better than Cook anyway, so that's maybe one reason I didn't mention it, but <laughs> I forgot to mention that. I do apologize. Did not have it. I, I was going to have it written down. In fact, I actually did have it on the Facebook page. So, somehow I missed it because of all the comments. So, apologize. Chris Cook, broken wrist, out for six weeks. Uh, most of you probably already knew that, but you're hearing it here again. And if, you have, if you're hearing it first, I apologize. But at least you're hearing it now. Josh Robinson will be the starting cornerback for the time being. And maybe for a long time. In fact, a lot of us thought Josh Robinson would be the starting cornerback for the Vikings anyway, over Chris Cook. So, it begins now. And there you go. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back in about 10 days or so. Hopefully after a Vikings win, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.